Hey everybody, it's the Real Faith for Real Life podcast. Today we're going to talk about the balance between humility and confidence. And like we always do, we check the headlines and connect it to our faith. Today, advertising is everywhere, and pretty soon, Bill, it might be in your dreams. (laughs) Plus, we've got some news from your old home state, Florida. That's pretty much classic Florida news. Classic Florida. Coming up, all that and more on today's podcast. We're so glad you're tuned in. This is Real Faith for Real Life, a podcast from Cascade Fellowship in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So we're going to start out with a news story here, Pastor Bill. Advertisers aren't content just to advertise to you when you're awake anymore. They want to hit you in your sleep. Yeah, I saw this article. I just had to pass it on. Marketers, you know, I had a little experience in this field back in the day. This is totally new to me, though. Mm. Apparently, right now, they're studying the viability of reaching you with advertisements through your dreams. Using your dreams to alter your purchasing behaviors. A new survey by the American Marketing Association found that 77% of marketers say they have plans to use this technology to alter your dreams and reach you in your dreams within the next three years. I don't like this. <laughs> I have a hard enough time sleeping already. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's true. Uh, scientists don't like it either. 40 scientists recently signed an open letter warning that this could become just a, a catastrophe, just turning your dreams into a playground for corporations to talk to you. Um, anyway, it's really interesting to, to read about how this might actually happen. It sounds fantastical and impossible, but with today's technology, not so impossible. Everybody has these smart speakers in their homes. I don't know about you. Yep, Alexa. I do not, but I'll, yeah, anyway. For this exact reason, right? So they can track you. These smart home trackers can even track how you sleep and how deep you are in your sleep if they wanted to. And then, of course, the companies could get inside those speakers and broadcast messages to you. Um, Anyway, yeah, the, the scientists that have a problem with this say, you know, you just don't have the same filter when you're asleep compared to when you're awake. So you're not able to filter out some of their... Um, manipulations and things. Mm. So anyway, yeah, it's a real deal. Microsoft is exploring it. Sony's PlayStation is talking about it. Uh, Other large corporations like Coors. (laughs) Mm. So it's coming. Get ready. I don't think I want to be ready. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's, It's one of those ethical things where it's like, man, do we have to market everything all the time, even in the sacred space of our sleep. Yeah, I just, again, I have a hard enough time sleeping already. Imagine what that would do to all of our attitudes in the world Mm. if we're always trying to block out or filter through these companies advertising to you. Yeah, well, misinformation and disinformation is hard enough when you're awake, but if people are just, you know, manipulating you when you're asleep too, like, wow, Hmm. what shot do we have anymore? Yeah, yeah. Well, so there's another story here too. A Florida woman is facing charges for a different kind of shooting. Yeah, back in Florida where I was for 10 years, uh, there's a standing, you know, meme, the Florida man. You've heard of Florida man? No, I have not. So it's basically the news story that starts out, Florida man, you know, wrestled an alligator because whatever. Because, yeah, Florida man just does all sorts of crazy things. So that's that's the meme. Here's Florida woman. This is a Florida woman who shot some other woman with 
uh, a water gun, actually, with a squirt gun. And I love the reason she gave. She told officials she was upset that her, the neighbor was walking on, quote, her street, unquote. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so as someone who's lived in Florida, I can vouch for, yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. The All HOAs right. down there, you know, homeowners associations, people just like, guard, like, you will not park anything. Did I tell you once I got, I got fined over $1,000 for someone parking their car on the wrong side of the street in front of my house. What? And it was my old pastor who because did that. Because it was your property. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I told him, hey, this was not my car. It's not my fault. He moved it. They said, oh, we'll take care of it. They did not take care of it. A month later, I got a bill that had been charging me every day. That you didn't pay. Yeah, for $1,000. That's Florida for you. I can see why this woman was moved to get out the squirt gun. Yeah, and. Just- this was Pastor Scott? Yes, it okay, was. Cool. Shout out Pastor Scott. I don't know. For parking on the wrong side of the road. Now you know why he's here, because of that, That's Pastor right. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just glad it was a, it was a squirt gun in this example. Uh, thank you, Florida woman, uh, for at least reaching for non-lethal force. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, coming up, we're going to continue our Bible study as we seek to find balance. And today, it's between humility and confidence. Uh, looking forward to that. So we're going to dive in. So we're uh, continuing a study called Finding Balance, and we are in part four here at Cascade Fellowship, and we're talking about the balance between humility and confidence. And uh, at the end of this week's worship service, you gave us a little teaser Mm -hmm. uh, for what's about to happen here. You said there was so much more to say about this topic, and specifically, you said that humility is the key to unlocking God's power in your life. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you meant by that. Yeah, I'm really passionate about this topic, partly because I think we live in a culture of just pride and self-promotion like never before. Uh, But even as I say that, you know, I have to temper that statement a little bit because even in the Bible, we read about pride. Um, It's oldest humanity itself, really. Um, Remember the disciples asking Jesus repeatedly, who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You know, and, and Jesus had to remind them time after time after time, it's not about that. It's not about that. Um, but anyway, it, yeah, it would do us really well to spend some time today asking what God thinks of that attitude, that pride. Um, and, you know, the Bible is filled with verses like this one, First uh, Peter 5, 5. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders, all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another because, and then he quotes Proverbs 3.34, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Mm-hmm. And so Peter is writing this, this truth that we all just have to come to grips with. God opposes prideful people and their prideful actions, but he gives grace to and he favors humble people. And so, and I, I love this, it, Peter, when he writes this, he tucks that quote, that Old Testament quote, inside this paragraph about how as Christians we're to behave toward each other, and submission and humility are it. It's like the clothing we wear. He says, put this on, clothe yourselves, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. So, 
I, I just love that. It's like to make this Christian community thing work, to make life in general work, we got to clothe ourselves more than anything else with submission and humility, uh, more than anything else except for maybe love, you know. Um, so that should characterize our relationship with each other. That's key to making that work. And it's key to making our relationship with God work, too. You just see that throughout Scripture all the way from front to back. God chooses to work through humble people and humble circumstances. Mm, yeah, I've noticed that, too, as I'm, I'm reading the Bible. You know, why do you, why do you think that is? Well, as I was preparing my sermon this week, one of the verses I came across, I think, says it outright, so there's no guessing involved. So in the book of Judges, chapter 7, the Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boast against me, saying, My own strength has saved me. So God is pretty much saying why he does things the way he does. Um, he's choosing to use modest human instruments to accomplish great things um, because otherwise his people are going to think it was because of them. And he doesn't want that. So you see that here with Gideon. You see that with David, the run to the litter chosen to be king. Uh, you see it all throughout the Bible. Uh, even Jesus himself, like we mentioned in the sermon, uh, a humble servant leader. So, yeah, humility is the key to good leadership. God blesses humble leaders, and people follow humble leaders naturally, by the way. Um, so it's a good leadership principle for anybody listening, whether you're leading in church or leading in a, the corporate world or just your family. Humility is a great way to lead. Um, the Bible says it, but also just practically speaking. Um, and by contrast, Proverbs 16, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Mm, yeah. Scripture, you know, says that humility is also the key to wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 11, verse 2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Uh, again, why do you think that is? Yeah, so humility, like we said, is the root of good leadership. It's the root of good relating to each other. It's also the root of wisdom, like we just read. And I think it's very uh, simple to kind of understand why that is. Maybe this quote from Socrates summarizes it well. Um, Socrates said, I am wise because I do not think I know what I do not know. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. So one of the most wise philosophers to ever walk the earth, he said, I don't know everything and that's okay. And what makes me wise is I know what I don't know so I can learn it. You know, If you don't know what you don't know, then you're never going to learn it. You can only learn if you admit you don't know things, in other words. So all of us, we need to begin admitting that we're wrong or admitting we need to grow, admitting we have room to learn and grow. I think that's part of humility, and that's part of how you become wise. Yeah. You know, so humility is really vitally important in the Christian life. Uh, but this is really not just an episode about humility. It's an episode about finding balance. So, you know, can you be too humble uh, do you need to balance it with something else? Yeah, I think, you know, too humble is a wild phrase. Maybe, uh, I don't know if you can be too humble or not, but you can definitely press that concept so far that it begins to look like something that God never intended when he asks us to be humble. So, I don't know, you might see this in like the self-esteem crisis we're in right now. Mental health is at an all-time low. And part of the problem is people just, hate themselves. They're really not happy with who they are, their body image, their 
course through life where they stand and they have no confidence at all. Uh, I, I see that sometimes in the people I encounter. How about you in youth ministry and just ministry in general? Yeah, that confidence, um, that lack of confidence is is very evident in our world. Uh, even though we try our best to build up our kids and encourage mm. them and sometimes maybe a little too much, uh, there are still so many areas where the world and sin seeps in and just almost like steals their confidence. It's like the enemy says, hey, this is something I can take and I'm going to use it and it's going to pull them away from God. Um, and in that, you also see the repercussion of their faith maturity. Can you share your faith with somebody else? Well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not very confident that I would choose the right words or mm-hmm. that I would pray the right thing or that I would say the right thing. Um, and I really believe that lack of confidence is the enemy kind of trying to weasel his way into our lives. Yeah, I can relate. I've, you know, I struggle with confidence sometimes too. Um, but, you know, Sometimes I see the weirdest thing just from my point of view in the world today. And that is, I don't know if you've seen this, but people who lack confidence, but they also lack humility. So they get both wrong. Mm. (laughs) And actually, those are some of the um, most difficult people um, in relationships because they lack the confidence and then they have to put up a, a wall or a front or you know, uh, overcompensate or be codependent or a number of different um, unhealthy ways of being in the world. And so then they come across as very prideful and full of themselves and difficult and obnoxious. But really, it's their lack of confidence that's manifesting in a lack of humility. Hmm. So I don't know, maybe that's my psychological background, but it's a super unhealthy uh, combo. I mean, you don't have a lot of confidence, so you just fill yourself up with pride, and it just becomes obnoxious real quick. You know, really what we need to do in this podcast is we need to find some balance. You know, at, at surface level, it kind of looks like a choice, humility or confidence. Uh, with the way most people define these words, it seems like they really aren't all that compatible. Right. I, I think here's the secret, um, and it's... Let's start with the concept of competence and confidence. Um, a lot of us think we have to be competent to have confidence. We have to be the best. We have to be the richest. We have to be the most talented, the best looking. We have to be the smartest person in the room. Um, but that is not why the Bible says we can be confident. Uh, look at Paul, for instance. Paul was confident. Now, why? Uh, check out Second Corinthians chapter 3. He says, such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. I love that. He says, it's not that I'm competent, and that's why I'm confident, but it's only because of God. And um, so his confidence was firmly rooted in God, not his degrees, his education, his training, his experiences, his friend network, his smarts, his money, anything. Uh, It was just rooted in God. And he says that explicitly in Philippians chapter 3. It says, uh, for it's we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Jesus Christ and who put no confidence in the flesh, check this out, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. So he's like, I could be trusting in all these things because I do have a lot of these things, but I'm not because mm. that's not where confidence should be rooted. It should be rooted in God. Yeah, I love that. I think 
that's a great way to put it. We're um, we're supposed to be confident people, but our confidence is never in ourselves. I kind of think about like somebody who has you know degrees upon degrees on their walls, mm. and in the moment. Uh, where God calls them to serve, it's His Spirit who mm. empowers them to do it, not the degrees on the wall. And and so our confidence then is not in ourselves, it's in the Lord. Yeah, you see that in the Old Testament, like Jeremiah 17, uh, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. Look at this description of what that looks like. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. What a beautiful picture of someone who's put their confidence in the right place. Yeah, the Old Testament really tells us to place our confidence in the Lord. And it also explicitly tells us what not to place our confidence in as well. Yeah, so Micah 7, I love this list here. Do not trust a neighbor. Put no confidence in a friend, even with the woman who lies in your embrace. Guard the words of your lips. For a son dishonors his father. A daughter rises up against her mother. A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the members of his own household. (laughs) So it's like a litany of everything that you could possibly list. These things are not worthy of your trust, your confidence. Yeah, and so gather everything together that we've been talking about in a and it sounds a lot like faith. Yeah. You know, faith is crucial to the gospel. So maybe that's why the Bible has so much to say about all this. Yeah, I think just as we've been discussing confidence, it does sound a lot like faith, doesn't it? Uh, where where do you put your trust? Is it in God? Then that's appropriate faith, saving faith. Uh, is it in yourself? No, that's not humility. That's false confidence. So all these all these concepts are tied up together with the gospel, it's really central to the Bible's main message, actually. So, I mean, the gospel just uh, maybe is a great place to always end the podcast, to center ourselves in the main message of the Bible. And the main message of the Bible, I think, is that we bring nothing to the equation with God. You know, we don't bring anything to the table except for our sin. So because of that, we have to be humble. I mean, that's our only option, right? Um, it's it's only God who, who uh, brings things to the table uh, and it's he who is faithful, and he who is just, and he who forgives us. Um, again, not because of us, but because of Jesus and his payment in our place. And so we can be confident in that, in that, not ourselves, but confident that God's a promise keeper, confident that Jesus has paid that debt. God's not going to make you pay for the same sin twice. That debt has been paid in full. And uh, man, that's like solid confidence right there. That's yeah. a source of confidence that can't be shaken and can easily be combined with humility. Yeah, and really that is the hope that we gather for, whether we're gathering in this podcast to grow and learn together or gathering on a Sunday morning uh, or wherever you gather. We gather around that hope, um, and we stand in confidence and in excitement to see how God interacts and continues to interact with our stories. Yeah, I think you know when you define these terms correctly, it's, it's clear how you can be both confident and humble. And it's rooted in the gospel. And uh, maybe I'll just leave everybody with this last thought that I had. It's not a revolutionary, earth-shattering original thought, but it's just a thought. You know, if you want to get this balance right, it's just maybe primarily that we need God confidence more than self-confidence. So that's my prayer for myself and for everybody listening today. We just trust God more and more 
and, uh, and be humble in ourselves and confident in him. Well, we're going to wrap up today's podcast with that thought. Uh, we'd love to hear what you're thinking. Uh, reach out to us here at Cascade Fellowship. Leave us a review if you've enjoyed this podcast to help others find it. And don't forget to subscribe because we've got two more parts to this series coming right up. We don't want you to miss them. Yeah, blessings to each of you. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to uh, connecting with you next week.